Hey, welcome back to Living at Track Life. I'm your host, Coach Nicole Lincoln. And as I promised, this is part two of Coach Mom. So I have some special guests that are here that I'd like to introduce you to. They're actually the first and second batch of my girls. My boys chickened out, but my girls are here. So I'm going to introduce them. I've got my oldest, Dom. Yo. <laughs> my second oldest, Mo. Yo. This one is the best one, but really they're all the best. Bree. That's me. And of course, I've got my second batch, Kai. What's up, dude? And Sky. Hi. This broadcast is brought to you by the Amateur Athletic Union, better known as AAU. AAU has been raising champions for more than a century. Since its inception in 1888, the AAU has set the standards for amateur sports in the United States with one goal in mind, sports for all forever. It's more than a motto. It has been the focus and drive of AAU for 130 years and counting for sports in the United States and throughout the world. The AU philosophy of sports for all forever is now shared by nearly 700,000. Yes, that's 700,000 members and 150,000 volunteers across 41 sport programs and 55 U.S. districts. To join the AAU or to get more information about these exciting sports programs and events, visit www.aausports.org. Again, that's www.aausports.org and join today. So today, my girls are I'm going to share a little bit about the good, the bad, and the ugly of living that track life and, you know, being a part of uh, Coach Mom. So we're going to talk about the good. Let's just get right into this, girls. Let's talk about what was, what were the good things that came out of being a part of youth track, having a mom as a coach? You know, what, what were some of those good things? Well, first, Miles is about to enter this uh, Zoom. I just admitted. Oh, what? I got a boy coming in? Oh, Miles! What's up? Miles is the youngest son, so, you know, he made a late entrance. I just said, <laughs> all my girls were here, and then here comes one of the boys. Hey, Miles. Well, I'll go first with the question of what was it like for youth track and field? I think one of the most interesting things when your mom is a coach is that you don't really escape track and field. So like a lot of parents who are not attached to their kids' careers, they like the weekends are for kids stuff and like our weekends were really tailored towards athletics. So either we were doing indoor season or there was outdoor season or there was summer season or there was cross country to prepare for. So we were doing track all year long, which has its ups and downs. I was the most fit I've ever been. <laughs> 365 I, I, days of track, 365 days. <laughs> Thanks, Mo. <laughs> I wanted to add to that fit part. When you get older, you don't realize how unfit you are, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, doing track 
almost every single day. I was like, oh man, I miss this. I can't even run anymore because I've been out of the game. <laughs> we got to get back to it. So, so down being the oldest, what was the good thing that happened out of um, track and field? Um, being the oldest, the good thing that came out of that was uh, showing the little ones that I was better all the time. <laughs> Uh what didn't well I don't know track was it was rough because I felt like um I felt like we didn't have time for friends all the time and we just were always doing something somebody had a birthday party but we had a track meet or somebody's having a pool party we had a track meet (laughs) so that was kind of that kind of made it a little rough but at the same time we made a lot of friends on track like a lot of friends on track and we'd always see them nationals or at practice so it kind of balanced out a little bit all right let's talk talk to our youngest jen our youngest jen uh kai what's the good out of uh living that track life unmute yourself um basically the good about like track and field was always being able to just like bond with your team and like other people so like parents and like I guess trying new things so I um, am a 400 hurdler Um, I never wanted to do 400 hurdles I definitely didn't want to do 400 hurdles this year and my mom basically like she just kind of just like encouraged me to try it and then when I did I was like oh it's not that bad I'm still not it's not in my favorite but like I'll I'll do it if I have to so yeah all right Sky can you repeat the question (laughs) (laughs) typical young one typical youngest I didn't hear what you said say it again yes to repeat the question Sky oh you said repeat the question oh my gosh (laughs) what's the good that comes out of being in track and field as a youth living that track life what are some good things that you see i mean like with dom said i get to meet a lot of new friends and it really is tough not being able to go and hang out with your real friends but it's also cool because you get to travel and all right miles (laughs) the best or the good and coming out of a track family everybody's competitive i like that everybody's competitive and I feel like that brought out the best in us, even when we went against people on the track team that weren't part of our family. I felt like it was good because we made made a lot of friends over the summer, and yeah, that kind of helped out too. Yeah, and, and it's true, Miles. You guys were very competitive. Competitive playing Uno, competitive playing Sorry, competitive playing all those board games. You guys were like extreme competitive. Family night, game night, like, was the best. You know, I always loved it because you guys showed your competitiveness, not just on the track and the field, but you also brought it in on our family game nights when we have family games. It it was an awesome feeling to see you guys grow up in something that I loved, whether you liked it or not, but just all the things that track and field taught you, the disciplines that came with it, the organization, the, you know, being consistent, 
that's what I really enjoyed seeing. I enjoyed seeing you guys learn those things. We as parents can always tell you, but really life's lesson in being immersed in it and seeing you learn it while you're experiencing is like the best. That's the best part that I liked. And I did enjoy our, our I wouldn't call it a vacation because for me as a coach, it wasn't a vacation, but um, I know for you guys, when we go to the different states, I'm so glad that some parents stepped up <laughs> and, and allowed you guys to at least enjoy and not be stuck at the track all day long during nationals. Um, this is going towards the competitive part. One thing that I didn't like was that you had to do a different event than everyone else, because if not, we would fight <laughs> each other if someone else won. So that is the one thing that showed that we were super competitive. Not that I wanted to do hurdles or anything, Mo, but just saying. Fastest in the family. <laughs> you couldn't yeah. do hurdles because you couldn't keep up. I mean, I'll vouch for that because I really wanted to learn high jump for the life of me, just so that I could say that I beat Mo in high jump and ended up messing up my back. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't beat me and you didn't beat me and that's why I love track I love it because as Bree said you guys all found your niche in that sport it wasn't just running sprints I mean you guys found like I mean I was we did the uh, field none of us do track <laughs> actually, low no, Brenda, she's a steeplechase runner. I was gonna say, um, actually, Brenda is steeplechase. That's this. I couldn't run for my life. I can't sprint with the gun. Were you ran? <laughs> she did do the steeplechase. <laughs> she went to nationals for the steeplechase, and she got seventh place. <laughs> um, Brie, by the way, just so you know, if I get put in steeple, I'm breaking. Um. Any time that you did, I'm gonna run a lot faster than you. It doesn't matter. Russell's not here. You can be his record. He bought mine. I think one of the like coolest things we've gotten to do in track was travel. I know like a lot of our friends who are not as well traveled as we were. So like, even though it wasn't a vacation for us, if we had vacation moments, we were still there to compete. But like, just being well traveled and getting to go to so many places in the United States. And even like we got to go to Canada once because we were in Detroit. I think that when I tell people of all the, I'm like, oh yeah, I was in Louisiana in whatever year. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, oh yeah, I travel every summer. You know, that's probably one of the coolest things is just getting to go places and eating their food. Yeah. You know, remember we rubbed the I would agree. There. I would agree. Yeah. But I would also tell anyone and everyone, don't travel to Reno, Nevada. <laughs> Ghetto. If you're With not used to children, weather, tiny children car. for a 31 hour trip. <laughs> Don't that do was it. the best trip, especially when I was falling asleep and Mo was like, Mom, I'll take over. I'll start driving. <laughs> Is that when we went to Lake Tahoe? Because yeah, that was my that was favorite. Yes. Yeah. That was the best road. part, except for when Mom was trying to drive us off all the cliffs. Yep. <laughs> Those roads were so narrow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We were the only black people at that beach. <laughs> we were. That was we true. Were. That was true. in Lake Tahoe. But you know what? We had a lot of great family memories. We always had something 
what did you say one year? You was like, Mo, Mo said, mom always takes us somewhere where there's always going to be some kind of drama that Remember happens. Remember we went to see the Bat Museum in yes. Nebraska? They have their, ladies and gentlemen, they have their <laughs> phones on mute, but they laugh. We went to a Bat Museum. <laughs> a Bat Museum. I'm going to have the to say the craziest place we've ever went to. I don't to think that was Nebraska, though, because I remember um, Brandon was with us. That had to have been like either North Carolina. I, I know it wasn't Nebraska. It was a different place because I remember meeting up with Brandon and didn't we see like the fossils and stuff? And then we went to the <laughs> the Bat Cave. Oh, uh, one or the alligator one where we got right. to oh. <laughs> the alligator one was in Louisiana. Oh, yeah, the alligator was the best. The one that was the worst was the Wax Museum in Louisiana. The Wax Museum was terrifying. Was <laughs> I'm going to have to say the worst awful. place we've ever been to was that one beach in Texas. <laughs> the one where you got us stuck by Jellyfish. Yeah, the one we got, the yeah, one we where I got stuck by Jellyfish. <laughs> and the shark. They pulled the shark out of the water. Uh-uh. <laughs> you, you got stung by the jellyfish. Do not hate on Texas. <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> do not hate. So that's all the good. I mean, just being together as a family, seeing things and experiencing cultures outside of our community. That's the good about youth track and field when done the correct way. When parents are capable of, of traveling the way that we did, I say that would be the good. So now we're going to talk about, I'm shifting gears here because we're having a lot of fun. So let me shift gears. Let's talk about what are some bad things? Because I don't want to talk about the ugly yet. I'll take you off first. I'm going to have to say the bad things about track and field, especially during the summer, is having practice almost every day during the week. Especially, like, we'll be super tired. And she'll be, hey, by the way, there's practice. Be ready and go somewhere else. And we don't know if we'll make it to practice on time. I want to say it's a 50-50 chance that we'll make it on time or we'll be late. And then she complains about being late. Um, I'd say the bad for me now, looking back at it, it was like, I think personally, I was trying to make sure that I was making you proud as a mom when it, in actuality, it wasn't my dream. So like I went to college for track and field and did it for two years until I didn't do it anymore. And I think like the bad for me was like putting your heart and soul in something because you want the worth and value of your parents, but then realizing like the worth and value of your parents has nothing to do with what you want to do in life and your happiness. And like, I think I was very terrified to not do track and field just because I wanted to make you proud. And I don't think it was like anything you guys did, but like when I was like, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. It, it was kind of this shift in life because my entire life had been based around track and field of like, what was my identity now, especially in college, like your college friends are your track friends. And I transferred schools. So it was a real big, my junior year was like the, the baddest part of track and field when I lost my identity um, and, and was trying to figure out what actually made me happy in life. Yeah. And I remember the day you, you called me, you was like, mom, I have to tell you something. And what did I say? Are you pregnant? You're like, no, mom, no, no, no. 
you know, like, ah, because of my, you know, what I'm trying to do in life and, you know, the degree I'm going after, I have to quit track and field. And I remember just like swallowing my pride and going, okay, if that's what you have to do. <laughs> but I mean, it was runner or sprinter. I just wanted you to learn as much as you can to help you as an adult make the right choices in your path that that you're in. And I wish that for all the kids. So that was kind of like, okay, swallow my pride. She's got to she's got to go her way. She's got to go her way. For me, um, now that I'm like coaching and stuff and I see all the kids doing so great, I have regret for myself that I didn't try so hard. I missed out on going to state as a senior. I decided not to do track in college and do something different. But I feel like there's a part of me that really, really wishes I could go back and I could actually put my heart into track because I feel like things would have been a lot different right now than they are. What about you, Miles? You're quiet. What was the question? I'm sorry. I'm playing 2K. Oh, my God. <laughs> literally live on oh, boy. Worst Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. What's the bad part the of me? I bring the comedy. <laughs> what's, the, what's the bad part miles about track and field youth just the bad not the ugly the bad you don't have time to hang out with friends as much because you have practice to play 2k so you're making up for it now yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's reasonable sky i really don't hire you not yet because you're the youngest Wow. Kai, did you get a chance to share? Yeah, I did. Kai did share, and she expressed that she was upset that they're always late because of you, and you're always complaining because you're late. Yes, because I'm the coach, and coaches' kids shouldn't be late to practice. <laughs> but she said it's I lost fault. 10 minutes, I don't know, in 1993, and then it just kept accumulating from there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. All right. Now here comes the good stuff. Let's talk about the ugly part of you track and also me being a mom. What's the ugly part? So this is your opportunity to let the world know the truth. I like to go first for this. Uh, I hate sharing my mother with other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the hardest part is sharing your mom with everybody else when like, I don't know, and this is kind of rash to say, but like our dad was not around for the track and field stuff. So like having to share the one parent that is there is like really extremely hard. And like watching her give all of her attention to kids, which is rightfully so, she's the coach and the team owner. It just feels like it's like, ah, that's my mom, you know, for me. Personally, I don't yeah. know if you guys else feel that way. I think that's my ugly truth about sharing. I, I don't, I already have to share it with seven siblings, so. That's yeah. the worst, like at track meets when you want your mom to be there, but she's also a coach. So she's, you know, on the other side of the field cheering and coaching on someone else. And you're just like, okay, well, I'll run this by myself. I'll see you later, mom. Just look at the scoreboard. That's, the part that I didn't like, it's like she said, you don't get your mom to yourself. You have to share with 50 other people. Yeah. I've got something to share. I think the hardest part is freshman year track and field. I 
unfortunately got shin splints. My mom was also a coach for another school. So when I wanted her to come watch me compete, she'd either have practice with the other school or she'd have a meet with the other school. And at my high school coaches, they, I'm, it's kind of hard because I've been used to like certain workouts and the workouts that they're giving us really were difficult for me to like try to keep up with. And especially for jumps, because we work on a lot of technique for jumps in club. And with high school, it's like all of that is like thrown out of the window. Like they're just focused on getting marks, um, making sure you're set to make it to state and to like, I wanna say be comfortable, but like it's not really comfortable when the high school coach could really care less about how you're doing and more so on what our scores look like, how many points we have, which school is in the lead and stuff like that. So that was kind of difficult for me. Like I had to text my mom a couple of times for hurdle workouts, for jump workouts because my coaches didn't have any and she couldn't get back to me because she was coaching. So definitely agree with Kai or not Kai with Mo and it's really hard to have to look to other parents for affirmation at times. But on another note, it's also really hard to want to give your time to track when you see everybody else around you that's not in track having fun. And being the before track period when all we were doing was going outside and going to the park and going to get ice cream and walking around everywhere. And then all of a sudden, mom's a track coach and we're going to track every day. It just made it really, really tough and I felt like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like I wasn't having such a great childhood once track started. Yeah. Miles, you want to share about the ugly? Get off your 2K game and share. Okay. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to repeat the question again. I'm going <laughs> crazy right now. But what's the ugly side of the youth track and having a mom as a coach in youth having track? Having a mom the as ugly, a coach. ugly. Probably tell the truth, Miles. Not having time to hang out with mama, probably. Yeah, probably not having time to hang out with mom or yeah, because she always had like sessions that she had to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Miles. I gotta agree with Miles though, because even to this day, she still has sessions and I'll like I'll come home from school and she'll be I'll I'll walk in, I'm like, hey, where's mom? And my dad will be like, oh, she went to a session. I'm like, oh, all right, never mind then. So, yeah. Bye, Mo. Bye. Um, I'm not putting you out there, but I do have to agree with that. You know, we get in the car and we're super excited and, you know, we're on the way to track and we just want to talk to you. And then it's just like, hey, I have to figure out what we're doing for coaching because, you know, I'm coaching here, there, there. And it's like, mom, I just wanted to say hi and tell you about my day. But, you know, being a coach you have priorities, you have things to do. So that was mm -hmm. one of the bad things. And I have to say for me, those points that you are saying was tough for me. It was tough, especially at the national level, having my day planned out for 15 hours and being that coach that's there for all of her athletes. 
and not being able to have that quality time with her own kids. I think that that right there was just really, really hard for me. And there's times that you guys didn't know that I cry because I really wanted to have that time, but I have made that commitment to be this track coach, run this organization, and it's a business. And with that, a lot of sacrifice. And I so looked forward to driving to our, our locations because that was my time with the kids in the car when you guys woke up. Cause I like to leave at night so you could sleep and then just, you know, having the conversation. So I lived for that and learned so much from you guys at, from those types of conversations. And yes, it was hard having to coach for another high school or middle school and not be able to be at my own kids meets or see my own kids compete. So that was definitely a challenge for me and something that I'm trying to correct with the second batch. That's something that I'm trying to correct. And I'm sorry that my first batch didn't get those benefits because I was living and learning, living and learning as I was doing. So Coach Lincoln, how can you balance being a coach and being a parent? What can I learn from this podcast? What can I learn from your family and from the mistakes and the successes that you've had? Well, as I look back between the first batch of kids, which I had five, and then the second batch of kids, which were just three kids, the first batch was the trial and error stage and showing love, which I did, but not to the extent that I'm showing love to the second batch is crucial. Talking to your kids. I know Bree mentioned that even as we were going to practice, just not taking the time to talk to my kids in that little short period of time and focusing on my practice plan or if a coach wasn't going to be there, I was going to rearrange things, not listening to my kids as they try to share and talk with me. Lighten up. You got to lighten up. You got to have fun. Is it your ego as a parent that you're concerned about or is it the image that you're concerned about as a family? Is it your ego as a coach or your family image that is causing you to not have that lighten up attitude? And what I mean by that is, you know, people tend to think that if the coach's kid is no good at sports or whatever, then the coach is no good at coaching. And that's a myth. I mean, I've got eight kids. I've got some that are successful in, in track and field, and I have some that struggle in track and field. But as a coach, it doesn't reflect my coaching ability because outside of my kids, I'm able to coach other kids and help other kids meet their athletic potential. Your family image on how people view your family, all of those play into the attitudes, the words that come out of your mouth when you talk to your kids. And I had to learn, I think as most said, 
once I left the other organization, trying to be like those other parents really hard and, and belittling their kids, even when they did good, just didn't reflect on the good and in, in, in that nature. It was all about the image. It was all about my ego. So I learned to lighten up that those things didn't matter when it came to my kids. It was all about showing love, spending time together. How do you balance that as a coach? A coach asked me that a, probably a couple of weeks ago, like, how do you balance coach? And I would have to say that you have to set aside, I have a calendar, you have to set aside a day that you're with your family. You're not doing track, you're not talking to athletes, you're not looking at video, um, you're not on social media posting on your team page. It's just spending time together and that is gonna help with your relationship and raising your child athlete. Celebrate every success. I dropped the ball with this with the first badge and I'm learning to deal with this in a different way. I can't be at every child's event. And as a coach, I, I wanna be there and it's just difficult. If you are at an event and you have someone who's long jumping, someone who's running a hurdle, someone's doing a shot put, I mean, they're not in the same location. It's just really difficult to get around and see. And I have learned with the second batch, the power of digital. Parents taking out their phones and videotaping. Um, I had a wonderful parent videotape for me because I had a bet with Sky um, this summer about throwing the discus because I compete as well. So she and I were competing, but I couldn't compete with her at the time because I was also officiating at the meet and coaching at the meet. So I went and did my thing first and I threw like 72 feet with my discus. So I was like, okay, Sky, you're up. You got to beat me. You have to beat me. But unfortunately, I wasn't there to see her. And one of the parents videotaped the throw that she actually beat me and threw 72, 74 feet. Let me say that again. She threw 74 feet and she beat me. And it was, it was so cool because she came over and she's like, mom, you got to look at your Facebook. Something bad on Facebook. And I'm sitting there going, why is she, why is she telling me this? And I said, I can't do it right now. I'm, I'm, in, I'm busy. I can't do it. She said, mom, you really got to look. So take a breath, take a breather, stop what I'm doing. And I, pull up the thing and lo and behold, I see her throwing and I'm like, oh, wow, you beat mom. And that right there just shows, even though I'm a coach and I'm busy, those videos when you can go back and see and share that moment with your child that is competing in a meet or an event that you're coaching is crucial because you can go back and you can share it and you can talk about it and you can laugh about it but you're sharing and celebrating their, their success. Admit your mistakes. That's really tough to do. You know, when you're wrong, you're wrong. And kids need to see that we as parents, we make mistakes and that we share that we made that mistake and what we could do differently if ever put in that situation. It helps them to be 
better problem solvers and also to own up to their mistakes. When they see their parents or their coach owning up to a mistake and trying to correct that mistake, it actually builds a stronger character. Keep your promises. If you promise you're gonna do something, you gotta do it. Even if you're dog tired, keep your promises. If you are a coach parent, if you're a parent, if you're a coach, keep your promises. You say you're gonna do something for that child or with that child, you keep that promise. That's where scheduling comes in when you set aside that time to keep that promise. Think positively. Very easy said than done. When you're thinking positively, what you're doing is you're showing that there's always a bright side to something. Everyone wants to always see the, the dark side. There is a dark side, but there's also a bright side. And it's that bright side that's gonna pull you through. And if your kids only see the dark side, the dark side, the dark side, they will never understand that they can get out of that situation, that everything is doomed. And if you keep thinking positive, you know what? You didn't hit your mark. Let's take a look at some things that we can make adjustments to try to hit it next time. Or, you know what? That was tough to try to hit that mark on this day when it's pouring down rain or it's windy. There's no way that you can make that mark. It's just factors that are playing against that and helping them understand you may not have been your best and here's the reasons why and here moving forward some things that we can do and some things that we can't change and knowing that a windy day may not give me the fast times or the personal records that i'm looking for especially if i'm running into the wind um, then kids are more apt to accept when there's failure because they know that failure is just a learning process as opposed to a punishment. Failure is not a punishment. Failure is not something you should be ashamed of. Thinking positive that failure is a lesson. You have to make a mistake in order to make something better or to figure out a better way of doing something or that what you did didn't work for you. That's what it's all about, thinking positive. And my final word is let kids be kids. My first batch, I was that tough coach, you know, and as my daughter Dom mentioned, it was difficult that there was track and they missed birthday parties and there was track and they missed pool parties and it was track and they, you know, we missed weddings and we missed things because there was track because that's all I focused on. And then I realized that I didn't want my kids to miss being kids. And sometimes when we're looking for our children to be champions, we forget that they're kids and that they need a little bit of that kid life in order to be great at that track life. Those are lessons that I've learned from being a coach mom. We forgive you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we do. I think yeah, that's you don't understand, but now it's just like we I understand now that you have you had to do what you had to do. You had, you know, all this coaching, but at the time it's just like, 
oh man, I really wish, but now I'm like, oh no, uh, when did, why did I need that time? But at some point that I hated what I was becoming too, because the second batch really didn't get to see, Miles Kind Sky really didn't get to see the true ugly side of me of the screaming and the, and the belittling and the, 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 if you don't do it this way, then you're not going to be a part of track. That ma, that kind of person. This was such a great talk with all of you guys. I miss you guys mm -hmm. so much. This was awesome. I really enjoyed this. And thank you guys for sharing. I look forward to you coming on again and sharing. And that concludes our Living That Track Life with your host, Coach Nicole Lincoln, and her wonderful children, Mo, Dom, Sky. Kai, Bree, and Miles. Thank you, guys. I love you. Love you, Mom. Love you, Mom. Love you, love you guys. Bye. 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 Miles, get off the game.